Hey Rebel Forces, it's your friend Princess Jenny here to talk to you about our Patreon, which you should totally join because we have so much fun stuff going on now. We have a private Discord server, we have a Facebook group, we have bonus episodes, mailbag episodes, live chats, all kinds of fun stuff going on. You want to be a part of it. Membership start at only $3 a month. There is nothing holding you back. So come on over to our website at heyadora.gay. That's right, you know the one, heyadora.gay, or head on over to Patreon. You can also find us there at patreon.com slash heyadoracast, and we will see you there. Until next time, queer joy is magic, and queer love saves the universe. Hey folks, and welcome to the second season of Heyadora! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Season two! <laughs> I'm Force Captain Map, they them. And I am Princess Jenny, she, her. And today we are going to be talking about season two, episode one, The Frozen Forest. The Frozen Forest was written by Catherine Nolfi, uh, directed by Jen Bennett, storyboard by Jasmine Goggins, Angela Kim, Kiki Monrique, and the regent of Catradora, Mickey Quinn. Woohoo! Hey, Mav! Hey, Jenny! <laughs> We're here! We're back! Yeah, this is great. It's super exciting. It's a whole new landscape. It's a whole new world. It's a whole new landscape. It's a whole new world. The last time we were here, um... We're battling for the very existence of the magical world of Etheria. And, you know, gay won. Gay love wins in the end. As it always does on this show. Yes, yes. Gay won. And so now we're in gay utopia, right? Everything's magically perfect now, now that gay won. Oh, that's what happened, right? If only that were the case. Oh, friends and friends and friends, because there are no foes here at Heyadora. We open here in the Whispering Woods and the Princess Alliance is fighting horde bots. And there's something going on with the Whispering Woods. Whispering Woods is frozen over still it's all frozen what the hell i guess even we should though have... there was a gay rainbow at the end of the last episode the whispering woods is still all frozen over and yeah. we open on a big shot of a frozen landscape with a river and then we get a close-up on some melting icicles which to me suggests that the frozen forest is beginning to thaw out yeah, in it's... a slow and natural process which is slow Yep. So we have our our intrepid crew here yes. fighting some bots. Boom, boom. It's a bunch of bots. It's a bot time. Hey, robot face. Which, good, good job, hippie. Yes. Perfume is there. And then Bo, Frost, and Remista, Glimmer are all there. It's the whole Princess Alliance kicking ass as a team. They're all crushing it, except for there's one glaring omission. Yes. Well, obviously, Shira's not there. But before we even get to the fact that Shira's not there, um, some little details of, you know, obviously, everyone's working together like mm-hmm. they did at the end of the last season in the finale. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Um, Glimmer right off the bat, we can see, is a little annoyed by Frosta being her personal sycophant. Is it <laughs> sycophant or sycophant? It's sycophant. Sycophant. Yep. You know, person who is a little too excited about being your personal cheerleader every single second. You're amazing. They worship you. Yeah, we get it. Calm the fuck down. It's like a little sister thing, right? Like she's acting like the little sister thing. Yeah. And so I want to put a little little pin in the back of your minds. Everybody remember back in the early first season, I think episode three, I want to say, 
when we talked about Jung's shadow material, the idea of the shadow. I just want to remind you of that. The idea that um, the things that you don't like about yourself, when you see them in other people, it really extra super annoys you. Think about that as we watch Glimmer and Frosta throughout this episode. Ooh, I love that. Yes, yes. And then the other thing we notice... It's a small thing in this little opening scene is that Perfuma's still working on her aim. Yeah. So, you know, they're all they're all still working on their shit. They had yeah. a victory, but it doesn't mean that they're not still working on their shit. Yeah, they're working on their shit together. Mermist is being uh, being an awesome snark bot, which is super fun. Yes, she's well in her lane. Yeah. And then there's some credits. Some credits, credits, credits. We're going to win And there's the no end. Adora. Obviously, there's no Adora, but they're not freaking out about it, so we don't have to freak out about it either. Exactly. So credits, credits, credits. We're going to win in the end. Or do we? We do. We probably will, but who knows? But who knows? We It's we a whole know. new playing field. We all know, though. Yes. So then we are in a new scene, and we have this long tunnel of vines, which, of course, me personally, I immediately see a birth canal, but it's a very short little scene. And, you know, there's intermittent flashes of light and you hear Adora grunting and groaning in a in a training kind of way. So you're like, okay, Adora is at the end of this tunnel training and there's corpses of bots littering mm-hmm. this passageway. Mm-hmm. So we have, we have corpses of bots, corpses of bots, and then, you know. And Adora going, ooh, ah, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Imagining them in the in the sound booth making the fight noises. Yes, that's always gratifying. Can we get a little can we get a little more chest in the uh? Yeah. You know. Yes. More diaphragm in the mm, etc. Yes. etc. So that we have uh she's grunting and destroying bots. She Oh look, she's she's transforming her sword into a shield. Yes, cool. so we have Chekhov's transforming weapon in this episode. Chekhov's transform. Will it transform into a gun? I wonder if it will be meaningful or come up again later that this weapon keeps transforming into shit and that she doesn't really seem to have control over it. Yeah, stuff happens. It turns into a bow staff, which is cool, and a mace, which is great, and then a mug, which maybe not so great. So actually, you just raced through all those transformations, and I actually went and looked up some vocabulary terms for these names of weapons because yeah! I don't know I don't know the names of weapons. And yeah! I was like, I can't just go on air and refer to this weapon as... Uh, stick with a ball of spikes on the end. That doesn't seem right. So, Meth, I actually Googled stick with a ball of spikes on the end. What it, I love <laughs> that. that. Was my starting point. How many and things got, came up with that? I got to Morningstar. I thought um, the, But okay. the weapon that she transforms, that the, this, you could either say that she transforms it into or that it transforms into because she doesn't mean to transform it into any of these things. It just... She transforms and it takes whatever form it takes. She right. hasn't gained control yet. Right. So first it turns into a whip. Yeah, uh-huh. Yep. Then it turns into a Morningstar chain weapon. Because oh, if it was a true right. Morningstar, it would just be a stick with a swinging part that has a ball of spikes. But since there is like a long whip part in between, that part is the chain part. So it's really a Morningstar chain weapon. And then the spike part is what distinguishes it from a mace, which can have at most flanges or small knobs. Jenny! So this is today's weapon corner. Thank you. Jenny, now you're in charge of weapon corner. You realize oh that. Like, 
This was this a is, lot of work for me, this though. This was Jenny's <laughs> Weapon Corner. Listen to the pacifist talk about medieval weaponry. You know, it just goes to show that my baseline is so low. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jenny, I can't wait to roll with it when we when we play D&D and you have oh to, gosh. like, make a character and figure out what the weapons are. Yeah, that's going to be really fun. That that's, is a super fun episode. It'll be worth it. It'll be super worth, worth it. Worth it for Jenny to put in the work. I know. Uh, what Jenny's Weapon Corner. Uh, I'll figure it out. <laughs> Dear, dear friends of the rebellion. So we're back to Shira and Chekhov's transforming magic weapon. Throughout. Just keeps transforming. Just keeps Who knows going. what shape it's going to take next. Yep. Adora seems okay with it so far until yep. it changes into a cup. Yes. It's like a stein. Which is like less. Yeah. I, I couldn't decide if that was a beer stein or a coffee mug. Yeah. It's like a, a coffee stein. I, yeah. Either way, which is a little bit less woohoo than all those other exciting weapons, but yeah. she can still use it to hit stuff with. Sure. And then we hear a voice. <laughs> Whose voice is it, Mef? Ah, uh, sweet baby Catra. Catra's voice. Oh, cute. You can turn your sword into stuff. Ugh, I love that we just have Catra as like a hot, mean lesbian in this scene. <laughs> like That is her core essence in terms of... What is her antagonistic quality towards Adora? <laughs> Hot mean lesbian. Hot mean lesbian. <laughs> I love this. Okay. Catcher so, appears, they fight. <laughs> they fight. So, okay. So I was thinking about this because I, you know, I was thinking about this because it's hot gay taunting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so Light Hope creates this like simulation of Catra based on some of Adora's input, right? Because, you know, later- I thought it was all Adora's input. Well, so here's why. So I feel like some of this information was stored within the Crystal Castle after their time together in Promise. Totally. So like, so like- Totally. Light Hope knows not only like Catra's behaviors, but, you know, because of the laser scanner of deep-seated trauma- Yes. Light Hope has all of her, like, motivations, which I thought was fun. She has both of their brain scans. Yeah, yeah, which I thought- Exactly. Which I thought is incredible. That's why it's hyper-realistic. It's hyper-real, yeah, Mm -hmm. which which I love. And then we get one of the sexiest Heyadoras, I feel. Oh, cute. You could turn your sword into stuff. Then, so she, like, does, like, a flip and is standing behind her. And that says, hey, Adora. And it's so hot. And I have that as my gayest, one of my gayest moments, because this is a really fucking, she's like gravelly in it. And it's all like taunty and gravelly. I didn't even flag that one. Uh, There's yeah. so many more gay moments coming. I didn't flag that one. But um, that's why we need both of us for redundancy. I know. We need we need gay moment redundancy. Ooh, and, and Jenny, thank I'm, God. I'm glad that we have that with each other. Yes, yes. It's. Very important safety feature to have built in. Agreed. To your gay systems. To your gay systems. You must have gay gay moment redundancies. That was before the flute. Yes, it was like right before the flute. Okay. Um, because Catra then taunts her with like, did you, you know. mean to do that? It's a terrible weapon yes. about the flute. And then- And Shira's big comeback is, is, is not. not. And I wrote, great comeback, Adora. Yeah, that's such a- yeah whatever it's like the equivalent of like whatever your mom's a terrible weapon you know (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) so we see uh glimmer um kind of bonding with her weapon her staff and frosta's like 
stoked on that because she thinks it's wicked cool. And I also think that's fucking cool. Of course it's fucking cool. But, you know, time and place for us. We're still in the midst of the battle. Maybe save the breakdown for after the battle. Right. And Frost is like, oh, then we could do this. And maybe we could do this. And, yes. and, and we could teleport can you, anything. Can you teleport other stuff? Because if you can teleport cannonballs, I can make the cannonballs. And that would be super sweet. That would obviously. be super cool. Cool. And it's like little sister, little sister shit, right? Like, right. And Glimmer just doesn't know how to respond for yeah. a variety of reasons. She hasn't been in this position before of right. having someone below her who she has to manage. So right. she starts to answer and then she realizes this is not the time and place. And then she gets annoyed yeah. with both Frosta and with herself. And she's like, oh, I'm actually in the middle of something mm-hmm. right here, if you don't mind. Yeah. And it's also cool to know that all she can teleport her dad's staff, but like, that's right. it. Only like, that because yeah. it's her it's her personal bonded weapon. Exactly. That yeah. was passed down to her by her dad. I love that the Adora has like a sacred bond with a horse, well a pet uh, a, a pegacorn. Yes. And Glimmer has a sacred bond with a weapon. <laughs> <laughs> Why? But doesn't Shira also have a sacred bond with her weapon? Sure, sure, but it's just like it's really funny how it does like, make sense for Glimmer if she's gonna have a sacred bond with anything. It, it would, would be, be a like a weapon, right? Because she's your stabby friend. Yeah, because she's your stabby friend, or I guess of your course. bludgeony friend, because it's a staff. But yeah, either way, either, either way, she's your weapon friend. She's gonna have the weapon corner yes. when they, when yes. you know, those in Etheria do do. Hey, Jenny. Yes, uh, clearly. <laughs> a Adora podcast. Yes, but she's obviously more adept than I am, so I, I'm not on Glimmer's level in that way. Yeah. But, but, we'll, yes, we'll, but the we'll point of this little scene in the woods is that Frosta really steps on Glimmer's toes in terms of the fighting. Yeah. She gets in her way, and Glimmer's not happy. Yeah, so they do more annoying little sister, banter, 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 groan, leave me alone, but not really. Yes. And then we flip back to the Catchador fight. Yeah, and so, like, they're fighting in a cave now, so, like, they've, like, chased each other in in what we know, right? We don't know this here at this point. Like, we had a conversation about, like, in the beginning of the scene about, like, where the knowledge comes from. But as far as we know, they're just in a different part of the Whispering right, Woods. Right, right. In, in episodic time, as far as we know, this is a real fight. Right. And they have moved locations they have fought their way across terrain. Yeah, because it's now the two of them. Now they're fighting in a cave. Because that's and, what they do. you know, Catra is taunting Shira. And now is when Shira goes in for the final blow. Yep. The last second she stops herself. She can't she, do it. And Catra says, I'm, I knew you couldn't do it. And as she's speaking, her voice changes and starts to have this metallic echo. Yep. And that's the cue that lets us know that this is really just a simulation. Right. Okay, so is this... Catra cap is this danger room Catra or is this light hope speaking through Catra? Well, I think that's a great question that yeah. no one can claim to definitively answer. Yeah. I think either one slash both could be said to be correct. Absolutely. And um, I mean but it- definitely Catra would say that. So I think that it's a that it's a a realistic simulation. Yeah. Yeah. As the scene dissolves into the interior of the Crystal Castle. And she returns back into Adora, and Light Hope appears, and the training exercise becomes apparent. And Adora- And then Adora says- <laughs> Did you have to make her so mean? And Light Hope basically says, accuracy, and Adora is like, yeah, true fact. <laughs> and once again, I have Catra is an awesome mean lesbian. Yes. And Light Hope says, there, 
there. <laughs> yeah, and we play some more Uncanny Valley Comedy Hour. Yes, yes. I wrote that too. Yeah. Wait, that exact thing. Yes, but not in that exact spot. Oh. I saved I- it. You'll you'll appreciate where I saved it for. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, awesome, awesome. And then we flip straight back to the woods again, where Sad Perfuma heals one teeny tiny little sprout while whilst, you know, poor woods... They'll never be able to regrow if the bots keep attacking. So basically we get some exposition from her that she can't yep. do it all under these conditions. Yep. Meanwhile, Bo is carefully removing an arrow from a downed bot, trying to examine it closely. And then a friend of ours reappears. Ice punch! That's Frosta bring, bringing the pain. Yes. I'm bringing the pain on robots. Yes. Oh, so Frosta's like... Melee, like, ice fist weapons are awesome. They are. They absolutely are. And it seems like once she has, like, opened that door mm-hmm. to the ice fist, she just, like, has to let it all out until yeah. it's done. She yeah. can't just stop. You can't turn off ice fist time. No, no. It just goes until it's done, until the tank is... Until the tank is empty, you can't yeah. you can't put a lid on that it's like shit. Ice, vi- ice fist berserker mode. So Bo says, "Hey, I was looking at that," and Frosta says, "You're welcome." Oi! And uh, here we go once again. Our friends, our friends here, the rebellion, are having a hard time working together. Yeah, communication. Communication, y'all, is tough. It is tough. You know, they they achieved it at the end of the last episode. So we're supposed to have it now, right? Once yeah. things are achieved and unlocked, they're good forever, I es- thought. Especially like, you know, friendships and communication. That's the rule. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't ever Once have to. Once you figure it out, you're good, and that's it. Sure, you don't ever have to talk things out with your friends yeah. ever again. Once you become God damn friends. It. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. Gosh. Well, let's go back to the Crystal Castle and see what's going on with Light Hope and Adora. Let's go. Let's go. So Adora is all despondent. Mm-hmm. about not being able not being better and light hope mm-hmm. is like yes you are worse <laughs> and i love the my human inspiration protocol is still in the beta stage yes which makes me wonder like i'm sorry is this your first shira i thought that you had had previous shiras how is your your basic protocol yeah. to in you know help your your shira train still in beta i thought that was weird too yeah yeah, I, we gotta let it go because it's funny. It is funny. So, and also we establish how much time has passed since the yep. end of the last season. Nora yep. says it's been a month and she hasn't gotten any better. Yep. Um, and then Light Hope says, should I smile more? And uh-huh. that's when I had a note, shout out to the Valley of the Uncanny. Yeah, and I also because, have that here. Yeah. Yes. Because, you know, that's obviously not going to help. Nope. And I had more adventures in Uncanny Valley humor. Yes. <laughs> so, And yeah. I wrote... And then for the dialogue they have, I wrote AI humor. Yep. When Adora says, Catcher's in my head, she has access to your mainframe. Kind of, though. No, no. She knows (laughs) how to push my buttons. I can relate. I also have buttons. (laughs) So that's more like, um, you know, that's that's like an archetypal character across many genre shows it's like the data character yeah the, yeah the anya the character, anya character. I the have non-human the anya. character yeah. who who when they try to be relatable they can only take things ex- profoundly literally yeah take your take your not take your literal interpretations to the other yes, side of the river yes, right yes 
That's how it works. Yep, that's how it works. And I also have some, you know, sweet baby Adora pathos here where she's like, I want to be the best She-Ra. I want to protect the planet. But, you know, of course, as we all know, Catra is in her head. And we're like, oh, girl, I know. She does have access to your mainframe. She does have access. And you know what? Catra's Catra's in my head, too. Of course. She has access to all of our mainframes. She really does have access to all of our mainframes. We can all relate. We all have Catra-shaped buttons. We do. (laughs) Oh, <laughs> uh, I yeah. I just realized uh-huh. we're not we're not to go with that. So yeah, that's it. I'm stopping yeah. right there. I um, it, let's moving on. Let's move on. <laughs> moving on. So Light Hope's training assessment for this whole scene basically is that you must learn to master your emotions, yep. or you'll be doomed to repeat the mistakes of the last Shira. Yep, and I'm sure I have this in my notes. You probably do too. One of the things that both of us talk about a lot, and you're probably familiar with it if you've listened to this podcast before, is that we like to compare this chosen one trope with the two other subversions, which is Avatar Aang from mm-hmm. uh, Avatar of the Last Airbender and, of course, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which are both subversions of the Chosen One trope that show that using their emotions is their strength, just as we learn about She-Ra as well. Yes, even though they are both told the same thing. Like, yeah. you must master your emotions or you will be a slave to them. Exactly. And they try and they try and they try to do that. Yeah. They try to uphold the rules that they are given until finally they realize that the rules are stupid. The rules are stupid. And it really is about your emotions and love, right? Yes. Like that's it's the whole thing. It's about emotions because, you know, the, the love you have for the people in your life is what motivates you to save the world. Because if you don't care about anything, why save the world? Exactly. And you gain strength from, you gain strength from that love as well. And they Ooh. will also help you. I just have, thought of a great parallel oh do it let's hear it i want to hear um, it the whole like if you don't care about anything why would you save the world then you turn into the giant turtle guy in the never-ending story mm. what's his name i have no idea oh mordok mortok something like that giant turtle guy giant turtle guy you know he he has information um that if he shares it mm-hmm. he, you know could could lead to salvation of the y- planet yep but he's just so apathetic. Mm-hmm. He just yeah. doesn't care if the planet lives or dies. Yeah. Yeah. So nobody wants that. It is your connections with others that make you stronger and make you more willing to save others. And the reason he doesn't care is because he's been alone for a thousand years. He doesn't have any people Aww. to hang on to and to love. So connections and love. That's what it's all about. It is. Gay love better. And gay- but any, any love will do. <laughs> Any love will do. <laughs> Gay love is better, but any love will do in yeah, a pinch. love for your pets. Love from your pets. Love from your, you know, love from your fam. All sorts yeah, of fam, right? Yeah. Like, Chosen Gay love fam, is really awesome, though. All fam. Yes. Yeah. All the love. All the that's love. That's what it's going to take. But, you know, she's going to try to listen to Light Hope because she's a good doobie. And that's yep. how she's been trained. She's, I'm going to listen. I'm going to try my best to follow these instructions. So she goes on, oh, wait, before she goes on training, uh-huh. there's a, a great exchange where yep. Doris, you know, Doris says, oh, no pressure, huh? And Light Hope is like, there is quite a bit of pressure. Was that not clear? <laughs> yeah, was that not clear? And Doris like, yeah, all right, yeah. Got it. So, so much, much pressure. pressure. So much pressure. <laughs> I love Amy's voice acting in this scene, too, uh, because it, like, she's fantastic. it, like, really li- rides the light. Like, Amy is hilarious, right? Like, her comedic timing is fucking hilarious is phenomenal she's phenomenal a lot of the elocutions that she does that Mm -hmm. aren't even words yeah 
Yeah, but some of the best. And she plays this like she plays the scene so perfectly because it's she does funny, but it's like it's angsty and it's it's wonderful. It's Yay. serious, and the humor breaks are the kind of humor breaks you have when yep. you, there's a lot of pressure and you need to laugh. Yep, exactly. And so Light Hope is like, "All right, let's do this." So Light Hope says, "You must learn by doing." Thank you, Robot Yoda. Thank you, Robot Yoda. And so then the training goes on, and Adora accidentally, we presume, transforms her sword into what is either an extremely tiny trident or a really big serving fork. Yeah, I was trying to figure that out, too. And I was like... <laughs> either way. Because, like, okay, I know that you are the weapons master here at Heyadora now, but well, I'm like... We did, not, we did not plan for that, so... We did not, but but now you are. And okay. so... But I was like, is that, like, a sigh? I thought a scythe was the thing that you... No, not a scythe. A sigh. Oh. Like, I don't know what that is at like all. Like Raphael from the Ninja Turtles or Gabrielle at the end of like oh, Xena, I you know, like those. I did not watch the Ninja Turtles. But you definitely watch Xena. Yes, I did. Of course. Yeah. So you remember when Gabrielle stopped using the bow staff and started using the like two knivey things? Yes, I do. I was losing interest at that point. I mean, I was too because it wasn't like. But I do remember those weapons. I just don't remember the name of them. Yeah, but those, it could be. Those it could are, be. So those are size. Size. So yeah. that could be the correct name for yeah. what this thing actually is, because it's probably not a tiny trident or a giant serving fork. Right, right. So I think I think that you're probably correct. So it might be that, although I think they come in pairs. Dear listeners, if you know anything about uh, weapons that are used in Japanese martial arts, please let us know. Or if you know anything about any weapons that we discuss, yeah. where we say something wrong and you're yeah. like, I know the correct answer, please tell us. Yes. We would love to know more about weapons. We, we are. That we are wrong about. <laughs> All about that. So, yes. so we have yes. this So tra- either way, Adora has a good attitude. She goes on with training, even though she has this tiny, weird little fork against this giant, giant robot spider. And then we go into the other training uh, yes, scene. our first glimpse this season of our friends in the Fright Zone. Yay, Horde Kids. Yay, Horde, Horde Kids. Love it. We love them so much. We love them. So we have Lonnie, Kyle, and Rogelio are uh doing some doing some bot fights right now as well they have on their special their special glasses that allow their like you know special horde danger room to be seen yep 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 so it's funny though like uh when i mean i realize not everyone gets a light hope light hope simulations are like hyper realistic right if you if you're fighting a giant robot spider it's a real robot spider yeah yeah but in the danger room in the in the horde, like you have your little glasses that make you see whatever, but they're all still just bots. Right. And so the way you fight them and the way they respond is you're only ever practicing against bots. Right, right. Because you're constrained by the technology. But yes, they they do the best they can with what they have. Yeah, and I mean they're successful. Yes, and of course Lonnie and Rahelio are doing quite well because they're awesome, right? Because they're awesome. And Kyle. Kyle not so much a fighter. Yeah, maybe curling up in a ball and putting your hands over your head and your butt in the air is not the most winning strategy. I mean, it is for other things, but not the, <laughs> not for not like in battle. Not in battle. Not in fighting yes. bots. Yes, yes. There's other other situations for that, Kyle. Absolutely, See, Kyle. He's a lover, not a fighter. I've said I it all know. along. Kyle. Oh, Kyle. I love Kyle. Poor Kyle. Yeah, we love Kyle too. He just doesn't belong in this scenario. No, he's too. He's in, he's way too yeatable for this. But he is. He is. So Katra now in command of the Horde Cadets. She's teaching. She's feeling herself. Yep. Yeah. Which is a good look for Katra. It's a real good look for Katra. 
She says, who can tell me what Kyle did wrong? Where to start? Hey, Lonnie. Yeah. Hey, Lonnie, we see you. We see you. Horchira is terrifying. Yeah, she is. Of course. She's like 7,000 feet tall and has eyes of fire, you know? Yep, of course. So Horchira is fucking terrifying, right? Yes. Yes. So Katra explains, and she is correct, that Shira is too strong to defeat by force alone, but she is slow and easily manipulated. Sure, by you, Katra. All true, but yes, only <laughs> by one who knows exactly mm-hmm. how to do the manipulating. And then she demonstrates herself. And again, like all she demonstrates is that she knows how to jump around and disable a bot. Sure. But it is nonetheless an effective demonstration. So uh, I have a note here that could yes. also be a gayest moment. Please. When Katra is fighting giant Shira robot uh, with the fire eyes, mm-hmm. um, when she disables the robot, when she reaches her, her fist in and pulls out the uh, central processing unit, Yes. When you flash to the, you know, the holographic shiver that is superimposed over it, she mm-hmm. ripped in and tore out her heart. Yeah, that makes sense. And so you see, and it looks like it, right? It looks like in, if you watch like super violent, like old school kung fu movies, like it looks like somebody that like reached, cause it's like, it's, it fits in her, the palm of her hands and you see the like wires kind of like hanging over it. Like it's. I, I didn't notice that specifically, but it fits exactly in the narrative. So, and then I have, this is one of my gayest moments. Because Katra rips out metaphorical Adora's heart. Yeah, exactly. Sure, I'll yeah. allow that. Yeah. No reason not to. Also, and she gets all pissed and throws it, throws the heart at them. Is like, go again, fix this. Yeah, now fix it and go again. So wait, they can repair, they can repair robots? Sure. That's They're cool. robots. They're so useful. I know, right? Maybe that's what Kyle's good at. Yeah. Like, maybe, like, Kyle's good at fixing the robots. Yeah, yeah. That would track. I like that. That would track, because he's much better at things that don't have to be done on, at gunpoint, you know? Yeah, exactly. So I think it's a fix, <laughs> the fixing of the robots. Yeah, he could be he could be a great apprentice for Entrapta. Oh, yeah. Not that we ever see that happen, but I think it would it would totally work. That would be a great little career for him, you know? Just get out of the line of fire. Make yourself useful. Use your skills, Kyle. Well, we see a tiny bit of that in the next episode, but it's played for comedy and it doesn't go very well. So, staying in the present, Catra leaves that room... Walks down the hall and really feeling herself. Yeah. All the guards come to attention as she walks by. Yeah. This is all she's ever wanted. Why shouldn't she enjoy it? She's getting that force captain respect. She's earned this shit. She's strutting. She smirks she on her way down. She deserves it. Yeah. Go- she goes down the hall to what we are presuming is in Trapta's room. Mm-hmm. And finds a slight situation of chaos. There's all this stuff. All this extraneous non-Spartan stuff. Non-Spartan. Non-Spartan. There's like pictures of families and yep. kitty cats and tiny food. Tiny and food. Couch. Yep. She's got her gay robot dad. Yep. Fit picture. And the big yep. eye kitty. And yep. that, that little like tiny little like robot. Little tiny like robot on wheels. So cute. <laughs> you know that thing is made just to deliver tiny food, which I love. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. She's got her tiny cupcakes, so they must have brought all the the tiny baking ware. Yep. Aww. And there's a comfy couch to sit on. 
So they can all watch bot TV together and very much seems like they're experiencing like watching sports together. So I kind of want to talk about the couch if we want, because I kind of have a little mini Professor Smart Brain moment here about this couch. Sure, 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 sure. The picture of the couch we see, it kind of has, it's like a kind of a camelback couch. So yeah, I love it. It's kind of Victorian looking. Yeah, so it has like this Victorian kind of vibe to it. It also kind of has like an Art Nouveau vibe. So like, you know, it looks like an old timey couch. It has this camelback thing, which means that like the back of it like has like a hump like a camel and it's shapely. And then it has like these two sides that aren't like big and full. They look, they're a little more like, like carved wood or something like that. And the reason I just want to kind of quickly go into Art Nouveau is that the shapes that that they are in are um, much more of like, you know, curvy, planty type of things instead of kind of like, you know, ornate styles of that. It's asymmetrical. Yeah, it's, it's very much more of the natural world. So, yep, it's more of the natural world. It's asymmetrical. I'm just going to give everybody a really quick definition of, of Art Nouveau. And then sure. it's going to be a really, it's like going to be a Professor Smart Brain nugget here. Awesome. Delicious. Art Nouveau is kind of turn of the century, like turn of the 20th century, um, kind of like post-Victorian, Edwardian type of type of spot, like in between like kind of Victorian mm-hmm. Edward- and Edwardian-ish into Art Deco, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so like, mm, like, 1900s to about like 1920s ish um uh influenced by like kind of a it's in reaction to like the state academic like very formal type of like art of the 19th century it's inspired by natural forms such as the quote sinuous curves of plants and flowers there's a sense of dynamism in the movement often given to yeah, often I love it. Often given to uh, asymmetry or whiplash lines, and the use of modern mm. material, particularly iron, glass, ceramics, and later concrete, to create unusual forms and larger open spaces. A lot of it does have kind of a a floral feel to it, but it's not an ornate uh, kind of like highly decorative, formal, regal rococo, which we can all right. go into another time. Look, right. it's very much more streamlined. It's very influential now in terms of like poster design was huge in terms of Art Nouveau. Uh, And you can look up Art Nouveau poster design and you're going to look at it and be like, oh, I understand what that looks like. Um, So, yeah, Art Nouveau furniture. Can I make an extrapolation? And it could be your whole point. Please. Yes. No. All right. So I feel like the whole point of this couch is to show that Mermista does come from this natural Ethereum princess world, even though she is now in the horde and she is also comfortable in the horde and relates to the horde in all these mechanical and technical ways. Fuck yes. Also, it's her, a trap. Her couch is, is a princess couch you from said the Mermista. natural princess world. I yeah. said Mermista. Yeah. I'm sorry. I meant Entrapta. Yeah. Entrapta. Yeah. I have Mermista on the brain because she's I hot. am- she is hot, and I have recently acquired a suit for myself in the style of Mermista's suit in the secret underwater party adventure. Yeah! And uh, when I when it's fully ready, I will post some pictures, but it's Hell very yes. exciting. So I have Mermista's suit on my mind. Yes. Sorry about that. No. I meant But I love that. I feel like that is an excellent extrapolation, and I love that that was... I love that. Yay, yay, yay. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I contributed like a little dollop of ketchup onto the Professor Smart Grain nugget. I love that. And also just like, that's a hot couch. Oh, I love that couch. Right? It's well designed and it looks really comfy. 
And it was perfect for the three of them to sit on together. I and Catra would never have like allowed it if Entrapta had said, hey, I want to bring in a couch. Catra had been like, no. No. But of course, Entrapta doesn't ask permission. No, nor does she. She just brings in her stuff. She's like, yeah. hey, here's my stuff. It's here. Here's my couch. Here's my big screen TV. And Catra just lets it go, right? Yeah. yeah. And so now they all get to sit together. Cue up the live stream in Trapta. Let's all watch some bots. I love it. And they're sitting around on the couch together, the yep, three of them. Yep. Watching, eating popcorn. Eating tiny cupcakes. Yeah. Watching their favorite yeah, show, which is yeah. bot footage. Scorpia, at least, seems like she's having a great time. Yeah. It's like, well, they're watching sports. Exactly. Like, and Scorpia, yeah. Scorpia is definitely a sports lesbian. Exactly. Oh, oh, she's so Oh, she's is. such a sports lesbian. There are more moments like this that come later on. So the screen shows Perfuma and Mermista kicking the shit out of some bots. Yeah. The bots are definitely coming off worse in these fights, and that's what they're observing. Yeah. You and know, Scorpio's like, ho, ho, ho. You know, he's not coming back from that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But they're kind of unconcerned because they know they can just keep sending more bots. Yep. And so Catra's strategy is to essentially just exhaust them. Right. Yes, exactly. And uh, keep them busy reacting to bots. Yep. So, so they can go, so they, the horde, can go do other stuff mm -hmm. while the rebellion is busy in this one place dealing with all these bots. Yeah, exactly. Captain's like, yeah, let's just keep throwing bots at them. We'll keep them over here. We'll, you know, do our thing. And then Trapped is like, oh, but I have a better idea and yes. pulls out some first one tech. Yes, uh, of course. And Trapta has. A better idea. And Trapta always has a better idea, even if the last idea was her idea five minutes ago. Yep. Five minutes later, Entrapta has another better idea. That's just how it works. Entrapta is all about innovation. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's all good. Then we swoop back over to the Crystal Castle. Yep. Where Adora finally is done for the day. Hops on Swifty, heads back to Bright Moon. Aw, she's such a happy horse lesbian when she meets when she meets I up with know. Swifty. And Swifty's always so happy to see her. It's a I great combo. Know. When you come home and your pets are so fucking happy to see I you, it's the know. best. I know. It is the best. It is the best. Aw. And so they're all head back. So she heads back to the forest and meets up with Glimmer and Bo. And Glimmer's like, you know. Glimmer is just narrating yep. how much ass she's kicked since the last yep. time they saw each other. She gives us some uh, important information yep. about how she's still super juiced up. Mm -hmm. The Moonstone yeah. is is super juiced up. Her powers mm -hmm. are supercharged. She's killing lots and lots of bots. And Bo interjects that, you know, just like the day before and the day before. So how many ever she kills, they just keep coming. Yep. Yeah. And Glimmer says, what are we supposed to do? Not fight the bots? So this is a question of, you know, act versus react. And that's a lot of what this episode is about. Yep. And that it is what it is. They're kind of stuck right now. Mm -hmm. And Bo wants to know what Adora is learning from Light Hope. Mm -hmm. And Adora, you know, as we know from having seen her so far in the episode, she doesn't feel like she's learned that much. She's pretty frustrated. Yep. And she says, getting way better at transforming my sword. Yep. <laughs> and the way she says my sword is total gay enunciation. It is gay enunciation. I completely and agree. that is my first gayest moment nomination. I love that. Yes, it is. Yep, it's just uh, fixing up my sword. Gonna go out yep. and uh, you know, try to just replace the muffler in my truck. And <laughs> yep. And then Frosta, where the fuck did you come from? Have you really been here the whole time? I love that. I, well, that's one of my favorite tropes. It's like, 
You know, yeah. nobody notices them. And then somebody pops up and is like, oh, hey, guys, I just have something to add. And it's like, where yeah. the hell did you come from? Always a favorite trope. Of I've been here the whole time. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, you Always know, favorite. she just keeps being where they are. And yep. Glimmer is not into it. Nope. Annoying little sister time. I kind of I have later in the episode. I'm like, are they really just going to make Frost a dawn? She has, like, Dawn vibes. I would disagree with that. I do, too, but it's it's that little sister type of of thing. Little sister is little sister, sure. For those people who don't know Buffy, Dawn is Buffy's little sister who appears in the fifth season out of the blue as if she had always been there. Um, And it's, you know, a genre poking meta thing. Some people think it's funny. Some people think it's really stupid. Yeah. Draw your own conclusions. Right. But when we first introduced, we're first introduced to her, like, specifically the first episode we see her, we just have her being the very stereotypical, annoying little sister. Yes. So she grows. But she grows. As does Frosta. As does Frosta. So we have to, you know, I think they grow in different directions and that's why I think that they're not that similar. Oh, absolutely. But there's like But the- so the surface level annoying little sister trope, of course. Yeah. You know, it yeah. works either way. Yeah, exactly. And they all they all skip off to the war meeting. Mm-hmm. And we have- Hand in hand. Yeah, hand in hand. Try la going to the war meeting. Yes. My first note is how we've missed you, gay ass chairs. I love those gay ass chairs. Me too, man. Like, I look at them and I just see, like, the 90s. I see my teenage self at a folk festival buying crafted pink triangle crystal necklaces from a fruity vendor. Oh, I love this. Being like, this is so authentic. I'm so, oh my gosh. Yeah, oh my god. I'm part of something. (laughs) I love this. Exactly. Oh, gay in the 90s. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Legit. And Perfuma is immediately annoyed by Mermista, which... You know, it seems like Mermista can annoy Perfuma pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, they, they're- Mermista's just sitting in her, her chair. Yeah, I love the shape, right? though. Don't you think it's helpful to shift perspective sometimes? Like, Mermista's kind of being <laughs> a little bit of a bully, but it's still kind of funny. I, I don't think that should qualify as bullying behavior. It's not like they have assigned seats. Oh, that's fair, except for, like, the boss's chair. I just think it's funny, you know, Perfuma's whole thing when we first met her is like, she's a groovy hippie. She lives in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> You know, they don't fight back when people attack them. They just let the universe take its course, man. Yeah. I think she's not quite as much of a laid back hippie as she thinks she is. No, she definitely isn't. As as is the case with many people who are laid back hippies who think they're laid back. Yes. The eye twitch reveals more than it would like. Yeah. Um, just as Glimmer, I wrote the Perfuma joins Glimmer in the eye twitch parte. Yep. We have like a shade fest here. So we have... Mermista being shady for Perfuma, and then Aunt Casta and, and yes. Angela being like adult shady to each other. Yep, yep. And the fact that, well, you want to say the line first? Which one? I wouldn't miss it, dearest. <laughs> oh no, the fact, what is um, Angela throwing shade at Casta about? Oh, that she wasn't at the... She wasn't at the Battle of Bright Moon. Yeah. Right. And then Aunt Casta said, I knew you'd bring that up again. Right. So you know they've been quibbling about this oh yeah and they have like, history since it happened yeah and they have history too and they you know they're sister-in-laws yes. right so like right exactly yeah so this is a total shade fest and like we also like when we go to mysticore and meet casta like she's also shady about like oh yes angie too yes. so it's she's like very passive aggressive casta and angie are just kind of shady to each other yeah so yeah so we've got a lot of shade fest in this room right now we've got glimmer and frosta yep 
Perfuma and Mermista yep. and Casta and Angie. And also, I just love that. Yay, we get to we get to say hey to Sandra O oh again. Hey, Sandra O. Oh. Yes. Hi, Auntie Sandra. All right. So these two of history, they're shady. Everyone's being shady to each other. Uh, Angie's like. Casta sits next to Glimmer. Yeah. And Glimmer is ugh. But she's not ugh enough to do anything about it. She just wants to make it known that she's not happy with yeah, her face. She's just annoyed. Yes. Ugh, whatever. Everybody's annoyed, so I guess it's time to start the meeting. As it always is with meetings. Everybody has to be, <laughs> you know, particularly annoyed before they start. Yes. Um, and, and she's like, all right, Swifty, what's up? And Swifty's like, they're gaining, the horde's gaining more territories. Uh, Natasha and Spinnerella managed to recapture Thaymor again. Again. And also, why don't I have a chair? Yeah. If everyone else has a chair, then I want a chair. Of course, it's like, I want to know what kind of chair that, you know, we would get for a horse, but I'm yes. super about that. And I love that. Yes. And so that was actually my next gayest moment is just horse chairs. Horse chairs. <laughs> See, I, I actually have a gayest moment around here, like uh, around here too, which is okay. uh, Natasha and Spinnerella fist bumping over recapturing Thaymore. Nice. Because they were like, yeah. And I love just, to see some wife fist bumping. Wife, yeah, get lesbian aunties. Let's yeah. go. It's awesome. Yeah. So. Undervalued as always. They're like holding shit down yeah. in an extremely meaningful way. Ugh, respect, and it just gets glossed over. Respect your gay elders, kids. Seriously, your lesbian like, aunties are the best. If if Thamor was a hole in the table right now, it would be a huge issue. Exactly. But luckily, your gay aunties are there fist bumping, holding it down. Yeah, and like, Seymour, as we learn, is a pretty dope place, right? Yes. Like, they go back to Seymour a couple of times, and it's it's a yes. key place. It's a key place. So, like, your lesbian aunties holding it down? Yes. Respect. Exactly. And even though I did nominate horse chairs as a gayest moment, and I stand by that, as it should be. I have to give Swiftwind a little lecture here on um, equality versus justice, because his thing is, if everyone has a chair, then I also want a chair. Mm-hmm. And that would be like equality mm-hmm. in a vacuum. Yeah. But justice is from each according to ability to each according to need. And horses don't sit. They only stand up and lie down. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to sit, then you should have a chair. Right. Then we should get Switwins like a like a fainting couch then, like or like our settee yeah. or something, right? But if he laid down then his head would be below the table. I'm just saying that horses stand mm. up almost all the time. They don't actually sit. No, I I horse chair. How does it work? The idea of it is fun. <laughs> But the reality is that horses don't need chairs because they don't sit on their hind quarters. But he's going to harp on that one. I know, but it's fun. Yeah. I'm not really going to say we shouldn't have horse chairs. No, no. I mean, horse chair, gay moment. I love it. And then Commander Glimmer reports next. She seems annoyed that the woods are regrowing yep. slowly. Perfuma is like, we maybe if we like kind of, you know, sl- slow down the fighting and start the actual healing process, right? Yes, Perfuma proposes Chekhov's teamwork. Chekhov's teamwork uh, with this exact line. But when we princesses worked together in harmony during the Battle of Bright Moon, our powers grew. Gee, I wonder what that's going to lead to at yes. the end of the episode. Yes, 
And somehow everyone's faces look very unenthusiastic as if they're sure this could never work. Well, I mean, it's because she says we should hold hands and think healing thoughts, though. Yes, that is exactly why. Like, I would definitely be like, no hippie shit here. But it worked. It literally just worked in the last episode. Sure. I love that this, (laughs) it says this, though. Mermista groans and, this is from the transcript. Mermista groans and cringes as Perfuma holds her hand and begins to hum. Like, that's not how it worked last time. (laughs) Right. So nobody's going to go along with Perfuma's idea. Yep. And in that vacuum, Bo stands up and says, we can't go on like this. I know. And he's right. He's He's right. right. Maybe we should listen to Bo because Bo is just as valid. Bo knows stuff. Bo is one of the best idea people they have. Yeah. He points out that they're using all their resources just to hold their ground. And meanwhile, the Horde hasn't had to deploy a single soldier. Yep. And Adora fulfills my next third gayest moment in full huff, arms crossed, typical Catra. <laughs> I also had this as a gayest moment because yeah. I was like, like, seriously? Catra, Catra, Catra. Yeah. All Bo said was that the Horde hasn't had to deploy any soldiers. And Adora's like, oh, Catra. It's Catra. And it's, it's like. It's all Catra. It's like, okay, girl, got you. All Catra. Yes. Uh-huh. Right. And like, so now Bo has to make a formal proposal to try and do the thing that he's been trying to do this whole time, which is just capture one bot without destroying it. Which, you know, is... Which is a good idea. Totally fucking reasonable, right? So he can program a kill switch. And then he could destroy them all at once from afar. Ah, Tech Master Bo. Yes, Queen Angie approves this plan. Yep. Commander Glimmer, take your team. And Glimmers gets up and is like, yeah. And then Frost is like, grabs Glimmer and is like, Commander, I have some ideas. First, we should have cool code names. Yes. So actually, Frosta's exact words are that she has suggestions for improving efficiency. Yes, I love it. And her it. first suggestion for improving efficiency is cool code names. And they're long code names. Because Lord knows nothing improves efficiency like code names. I mean, I, I <laughs> like mean, Frostbite. Yeah. Or and Sparkle Bomb. Sparkle Bomb is dope, though. It, they're both dope. But I don't think it's going to make things go any faster. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't think it's going to make things go any faster with less And of course, Glimmer is not excited about this. Yep. And so immediately orders her to stay behind. Yeah. It's like hang out with Spinnerella and Natasha. And oh, why? I would. I would. Once again, y'all, hang out with your cool gay aunties. Yeah, but cool gay aunties are not going on the most adventurous adventure. No, they're they're hanging out because they had they're already doing the important s- adult work that isn't glamorous, which is protecting the home territory. Already saved Thaymor. Yeah, more than once it sounds like. Yeah. So, <laughs> but so that's not exciting. That is not what Frosta wants to do. But nope. Glimmer's not hearing it. She gives the order. She runs away. She's assuming that that's going to happen. Yep. Meanwhile, in the Fright Zone, yes, we have the the Super Pal Trio doing the exact same thing. You know, yep. they're in a command meeting with yep. with Hordak. They're showing a map of encampments. Uh, Catra's running the show. Saying, you know, with the woods frozen and the princess is distracted by the bots, they've gained significant new ground. Hordak praises. Himself, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, clearly I was wise to promote yeah, you. I know, but still... 
good good for Catcher yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, because no, he says, you have not disappointed me. Which, yes, honestly, is probably, like, the nicest thing anybody's ever said to Catra. Like, yeah, congratulations, anyone, you're anyone not a disappointment. Yeah, exactly. That's the nicest yeah. thing anyone in authority has ever said to Catra. Because yeah. we know that Adora has said many nicer things than that. Sure, 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 sure. But Adora is not someone in authority. Right, Over right. her. So, and then meanwhile... Yes. Meanwhile, indeed. Meanwhile, we have entrapped a being wacky in the background. Fully scavenging. Just scavenging. I'm just going to borrow this. Ooh, what's that? Yes. Uh, Catra's like, mm, okay, having to do the like, and you should continue to pay attention to me. Nothing is happening behind you. Catra's always way more worried about Hordak freaking out about entrapped shenanigans. Right. Than ends up being warranted. Like... She's always worried that she's going to get blamed for Entrapta being out of line because right. that's historically what would happen. But then luckily for her, that doesn't end up happening because Entrapta is so brilliant that Hordak can never get mad at her. Yep, because she has invented a brand spanking new bot. Yes, it's E-K-S. Emily's, Emily's kid sister. It's yeah. a better bot. Yeah, it's a self-healing bot. It has first one's tech at its core, so it utilizes, once again, the the uh, combination of magic and technology that Entrapta is a master of. It can reattach its own limbs, which yeah. is free- freaky even for a robot. Yeah, it's like some like Terminator shit. Totally. Um, but it's cool, no doubt. Yeah, it's super cool. It's basically positioning itself as being unkillable. Yeah, which awesome. We'll see. Yes. We'll see. Hordak, of course, wants to make more. And, oh, you know, Attractor's like, yeah, but I need more First Ones tech. And Catra's like, oh, well, I know where to get that. Yes. And f- that fade out on Catra's cocky, troublemaking smirk is my next gayest moment nomination. Hmm. Just that silent smirk on Catra's face. Yeah. That, like, she has been given permission to go make trouble and a troublin' she is a goin'. A troublin', a gayin' she is a crimesin'. Yeah, like, <laughs> that smirk is just like, gay. Yeah, that's like gay trouble smirk, which honestly like is my favorite. That's like crimes. Yeah, be gay do crimes smirk. I love it. Yes, yes. Um, so and then we pivot back to the Whispering Woods. Yep, and Glimmer is uh, Glimmer's on patrol patrol with Bo and the princesses. Yep. We're going to go east. You guys are going to go west. Swifty, cover the skies. And, you know, okay, that makes sense. But as we've, you know, we've been learning, maybe splitting up isn't the greatest idea, but they don't learn that yet. Well, I mean, I I don't know what other choice they would have. Right. Well, we'll we'll, we'll see what the other choice is. Bo reminds them they want an intact bot. Um, and And of course, everyone jumps in and wants to know if it's okay if they damage it just a little bit in their special way. Yeah, I love, you know, I love the perfume as idea of ferns that secrete corrosive poison is some fucking poison ivy like style shit. I love that. I like that one a lot. too. Uh, Poison ivy from the DC universe, a.k.a. like part. A.k.a. Harley Quinn's girlfriend. Harley Quinn's girlfriend. One of the best. One of the best cartoon ships out there. Um, and comic ships I love them so uh, but I have this is some Dr. Pamela Isley shit um, oh yeah which is you know the pre bad guy name yes yeah but even if 
as Poison Ivy, I'm pretty sure oh, that she can control plants that secrete oh, venom. Oh, oh, definitely. I just like to... Either way. I just like people to know that both her and Harley Quinn are doctors. That's true. <laughs> she, she's a PhD of botany. Yeah. She can she can make a plant that would secrete poisonous venom. Yeah. That's right. So yeah, so we have some Poison Ivy shit going evil there. PhD women. I love them. Yeah. Love Not them. Not even necessarily evil. No. Just, you know. Not like, necessarily evil. Just in chaos general. Chaos gaze. Ka- I love chaos gaze. We love chaos gaze. Obviously. Love, I, obviously. Yes. Uh, anyway. Anyways. Where were we? <laughs> we're ta- I don't know. Perfuma. I- Perfuma's idea of how she might destroy a bot. Yeah. With ferns secreting ve- venomous secretions. That was cool. That was cool. But no, that's not what Bo wants. He doesn't want it waterlogged. He doesn't want venom. And he certainly doesn't want it smashed by an ice hammer. Frosta. I know. That's What are you doing here? That's some fist-to-face sparkles kind of ideas. Yes, yes. And so this perfect line from Frosta, I ask you, dear listeners, have you ever heard a line like this out of the mouth of any other character, perhaps? I know I ignored orders, but those orders were wrong. (laughs) It seems familiar. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. I might have heard that like, from someone. I feel like there's another character who might say something like this. Yeah. Hmm. But we'll just put that in the back of our minds yeah. for now. Let's put a pin in that one. Glimmer is so annoyed. Yeah. Frosta is so not leaving. Yeah. And Glimmer's like, you can, can't just run off and do whatever you want. And Frosta's like, okay, but yeah, I did. But I did. But I'm like, damn, okay. Uh, yep. Yeah. No apologies. Meanwhile, here comes a whole new bot. It's a different kind of bot. So what's going on with this bot? Adora stabs it, but it doesn't die immediately. No. What? That's weird. Yes. So, and then it it starts to scan the woods. Yes, a scuffle ensues. And then we have the first Shira transformation mm-hmm. of season two. Yep, and they do a full transformation sequence animation here, and it's always very satisfying. And it's the same, right? As, yeah, yeah, as it's the transformation. Yeah, it's the it same. Changed. It hasn't changed yet. Yeah. Okay. It has Just not checking. changed. It's still awesome. The bot doesn't die. She thinks she thinks she killed it, but it keeps coming back. Yep. Um, it's like the cat that came back the very aw, next day. The cat came back the very yes. next day. Yes. It can reattach its own arm. Which and terrifying. Yes. Swifty says, ew, that's unnatural, even for a robot. Yeah. We agree. And then a whole swarm of all of these next-gen bots suddenly approach. The best friend squad is surrounded. Oh, no. Oh, no. And then the Sword of Protection transforms into Buffy's Class Protector Award. (laughs) (laughs) It turns into a golden umbrella. I love that. I love that. Yeah, which is, you know, extremely not useful in that moment. Not particularly, no. Um, And they're like, well, we're fucked. And Frosta jumps out of nowhere and uses yep. ice fist. And she's just punching, punching, punching. A glimmer is like, oh, don't you listen? And Frosta, Frosta is too much in Smash Town to do anything about that. Yeah. But that's such a great line. Don't you listen when people tell you things? What? <laughs> <laughs> I guess the we know the answer to that, though. Yeah. So Frosta gets flicked away. Mm-hmm. Glimmer obviously has to go teleport rescue her. Yep. And then instead of continuing to fight, all the bots leave. Yep. They've done their scanning. Yep. There's some electronic beeping sound. Yep. And they all leave. In the same direction. And everyone's like, what the fuck is going on? So battle over? (laughs) Question mark? Yes. 
Great time for Mermista and Perfuma to show up. I love, we've been looking everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. uh, Mermista's shade in this episode is perfect. I kind of just want to give yes. all of Mermista's shade in here a gayest moment because it's so good. Absolutely. Glimmer is, you know, yelling at Frosta, saying it that was stupid. It, you know, you could have gotten everybody you hurt. hurt. And Frosta's mm-hmm. like kind of bummed out. It's like, I was just trying to help. And you can see Frosta right. kind of turn from like big, tough, smashy stuff to like really kind of get into like under under Frosta's ice shell. Yeah, getting to some vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Some melting ice. Some melting the ice. It and is then melting. And Glimmer delivers the finishing line. Yeah. Which is the line crossing line, maybe. Yeah. You, you need to stop getting in our way. And of course, that's Glimmer's temper kind of getting the best of her in this situation. Uh, but she instantly is regretful. She's like, right. Oh. So they have meaningful eye contact when they can, they both know it was too far. Mm-hmm. Frosta's eyes fill with tears and she cries and runs away. Yeah. Even Mermista Glimmer- was like, damn. <laughs> yeah. Even Mermista thinks that was too much. Yep. Um, but honestly, this is a moment where like, yes, it was too far in terms of are you going to hurt her feelings? Mm-hmm. But also, like, as an older person in charge of a younger person, what else could she have said that would make her understand that you have to stop throwing yourself into danger or you're going to die and we're going to be responsible for it? And also, like, as a commander, like, remember, Glimmer yeah. is a commander of, of, like, this very small guerrilla group, essentially. Exactly. So, you know, Glimmer has to has to make sure that the team is working together. Was this a harsh way to communicate that? Absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, this was something that Glimmer did have to communicate. Yeah, exactly. I agree with that. It's all a learning process, you know. Yeah, it's a a learning process. And the conversation they have later is wonderful. Yeah. But we have to get there. But we have to get there. We're not there yet. So, you know, as Frost is running away, Glimmer does that thing that everyone does where you yell, yell the person's name like, Frost, wait! But then you don't actually go after them. <laughs> yep. And Bo and She-Ra and Swiftwind show up and mm-hmm. Bo's starting to feel bad for himself because he's like, the bots are too fast and too smart. We'll never be able to catch them. I thought I could help, but that was a dumb idea. Yeah. Yeah. And, he's blaming himself. You know, he's taking on way too much. Yeah. And She-Ra says it wasn't a dumb idea because yeah. he was the only one who came up with any idea at all. Yeah. And if it wasn't for him, they'd still just be reacting to the bots. Yeah. And of course- Which is true. True. Yeah, exactly. Adora is catching on that, like, okay, they know that we're easily manipulated. So exactly, let's do a this thing. This is a, a macrocosm now yeah. of the whole catch Fedora relationship. Yep, yep. Are we planning or are we just reacting? Are we just reacting? Yeah. So let's think. And so Bo points out correctly that they weren't interested uh in, in the woods. They were defending themselves long enough to all go in the same direction to get away. And attacking Mermista, you know, it's like, wait, they weren't attacking us. That wasn't part of their mission. They deduce that they're all after something in that direction. And, you know, uh, Adora. In the direction of the beacon. Of the beacon. And Adora might just know what they're after. If only she had Frosta to. Frosta? Frosta? Where's Frosta? How ironic. How I. Oh, Glimmer. Yes. The first moment we actually need her. (laughs) Yeah, right. She's She's, not there. Yes. So, of course, Glimmer's got to go find her. And we find her nearby on an extremely large rock. Yeah. That's like a tiny hill. Like, like, 
all alone on a tiny hill that's a large rock. Yeah, she's she's up there hugging her knees, being yeah, in lonely. Yeah, pouting kid pose. Yep, yep. And she's like, I just want to be your friend. You're going to yell at me? And of course, Glimmer. Glimmer's upset. Yeah, and even though she hasn't quite realized it yet, mm-hmm. she's upset in the same way that her mom gets upset with her because she's yes. like, I was scared you were going to die, motherfucker. Yeah, you just kind of jump in head first, all, yeah. all you know, fist-to-face sparkles. Yeah, and Frosta says, sorry, I don't know how to act. I've never had any friends before. Aww. And then she turns around and there are tears in her little eyes. Yeah. And she finally is showing vulnerability and Glimmer finally gets it. And then Glimmer teleports up and sits next to her. And so now we have like a a transition to a new phase of this exchange. And this is really sad. Like the undertones of this are really sad because Frosta says, I was eight when I took over the throne. Which is insane. In real life, that would never happen. There would be a regent. Sure. But also, like how does, you know. There are only a couple of ways in which somebody takes over a throne. Obviously. So that's really- There are no adults. There are no adults. That's really fucking sad. Of course it is. So, and then she's like, it's kind of hard to make friends when everyone is your sworn subject. Okay, so Frosta has no parents anymore, right? Right. And she- Also, she should be queen. Yeah. If she is the sole ruler of this kingdom and there's no adults and she doesn't even have a regent- to rule for her while she is still a young child. I know. She should be queen faster. I, I know. I, but we got to let it go. Yeah, we'll let it go. We'll put a pin in that when we get to Queen Glimmer because kind of a similar deal. Exactly. And the same thing, like the whole notion, and I'm letting this go because, you know, it's a TVY7 cartoon. The idea of a young child taking on the throne instead of having a regent do it for them until they're old enough yeah. is ridiculous because a child could never have the discipline that Frosta has. To be like, no, I'm the ruler. I can't just have the luxury of having friends and doing mm-hmm. what I want because I have to be a good ruler. Right. Child is not capable of that. She would turn into the kid from that horrifying Twilight Zone episode. Um, I looked it up so I wouldn't just have to say that Twilight Zone episode. It's called It's a Good Life mm-hmm. from 1961. All right. About the little boy with vast mental powers who keeps his terrified family enthralled to his every juvenile wish. Yeah. Because he can make them do whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah. And no one can tell him no. Yeah. So he's got his sister in one room with no mouth because he told her to shut up and his mental powers made her have no mouth. Mm -hmm. That's the part I remember because I was a kid when I saw it. That's what would happen if you actually had an eight-year-old with supreme power. Yeah, it's fucking terrifying. But Frosta was so good that she overcame that and she's like, I'm putting my kingdom first and I'm going to be a good ruler. Right, right. And that means that she understands that it's, you can't make friends with your subjects. Yeah, yeah, which is like impossible. Right. to, To have that with a child's emotional development. But we'll let it go because- Again, TVY7. Yep. And so Glimmer's like, I know how you feel. I didn't have any friends before Bo and Adora. And Frosta's like- Frosta can't believe it. No, because Glimmer's the coolest. Yeah. Everybody would want to be friends with you. Yeah. And Glimmer's like, no. And I'm still learning how to be a good friend and apologizes for yelling. And the way they look at each other in that moment right after Glimmer says, I'm still learning how to be a good friend too. And Mm -hmm. she kind of clasps her hands and they're just sitting next to each other on the rock glancing sideways at each other trying to figure out 
if they are both good now, if they can mm-hmm. move forward. Yeah. It's a very sweet moment. It is. They're both very vulnerable at this moment. And that's yes. what they needed to be. It's they, perfect. They are both hard-shelled people that needed to be vulnerable with each other in order to mm-hmm. really communicate. And this is the moment when they both realize that they understand each other's point of view way better than they thought. Yep. I guess you remind me of me. And I do some really dangerous stuff sometimes. I remind you of you? Ugh, and I even sounded like my mom when I yelled at you. Yep. Well, turn it yep. into your mother. Yep, yep. So this is the end of the cycle of Jung's shadow. Yay. Th- this is how you get over your shit. Yay. When you, when you have things that you dislike about yourself and you don't want to own it, and when you see it in other people, it drives you insane. Yeah. When you finally work through that shit and you own those bad qualities in yourself and you start to work through them, then it stops aggravating you. Yep, and then you can be friends. And, and this is emotional growth. This is emo- for both of them. Good job, team. For everybody. Yay! Yes. Emotional Yay, growth. Team. We're doing it here, teaching kids how to be emotionally intelligent. Yes, this is super queer therapy. This is super this queer therapy. A, this could be a gayest moment also. It is, yeah, like a super wholesome gayest moment. Absolutely. Yeah, I love this. So their friends, Glimmer says yes, you know, uses their now shared vulnerability and trust. Say, I could use your help. Mm-hmm. And Frosta, of course, is more than willing to oblige. And of course, Frosta's like, do I do smashing or stabbing? Obviously both. Obviously both. And Glimmer's like, oh, kids these days. Yeah, and of course, you can see Glimmer's still not thrilled with it, but she she knows that she's like, yes, I have agreed to this, yeah. so I gotta suck it up. And she's like, okay, I get it. All right, this yeah, is where this yeah, kid's yeah. at. So, And then we have a really cool visual transition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talk about it. Okay, so the cool visual transition is first we just see the bots in the woods. Yep. And then we see the bots in woods seeing the crystal castle. And then we see a switch to the screens the bot's screen view of the Crystal Castle, and then we zoom out from that screen view to see the screens in Entrapta's room that the Super Pal Trio is watching yeah. of the bot's view of the Crystal Castle. So all of that was just to get us from the woods back to Entrapta's room through the bot's POV. Awesome. Yeah, that, that was a cool try. I didn't write down everything because I, I kind of knew that you would get that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I like I like those those transitions where they put thought into it Mm-hmm. And, you know, they made it a more of an organic transition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So now here we are back on the couch with the Super Pal Trio. Yep, so they're they're watching sports. They're very excited here. On the Nouveau couch. On the Nouveau couch. And Entracta's stoked. Catra says, there's enough First Ones tech in there to power a whole armada of robots forever. And, you know, we get Geeker Joy from Entracta... And trapped a, her, her, the only way she can respond is to say, eh, I want that! <laughs> Which, legit. I mean, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And then we hear some, we got some smashy and some shakies and- Some stuff s- starts to happen some- as they're watching. And we are now in a battle. Yes, some, some ice- Begins to cover the ground, so the bots are slipping and sliding. And we got some really excellent punnage from Frosta. Yes. Ice of you to drop in. Oh my god, she was so excited to say that. She was very excited about her about her um, action, 80s action movie punning. Oh yes. And then Shira arrives and hits a bot with her sword, which is currently a mace. Good and job. And she's saying... Switch things up, keep them guessing. Yeah. As the sword again turns into a coffee mug. The coffee mug of power. Yes, the coffee mug of power. 
So definitely keeping them guessing. Yep. With with Chekhov's transforming weapon. Chekhov's transforming weapon. And then, yes. you know, our, our mission here is just capture one. So yes. let's smash yes. the other ones and take the other ones out. But with better teamwork, the rebel forces are slowly able to accomplish this goal this time around because they have actually, over the course of this episode, assimilated this information that what they need to work on is their teamwork. Yep. Yep. So we have them teamworking and then we, we cut to our sports viewers where yep. Scorpia and Entrapta are stoked and then we have Katra doing her scraping claws of frustration and gayness. Yep. One of the screens goes black. Yep. And Scorpia, again, sports fan. Yeah. Ooh, he is not recovering from that. Yep. And, and, and that was the gayest moment for me. Oh, Number yeah. Number five by my count. Oh, yeah. That's a gay ass sports moment. Sports lesbian commentating on her sports. I love comic. <laughs> commentating on her sports. I, I meant to say commentating. No, no, no. I love that, though. That was awesome. <laughs> It's like we are okay. like neither one of us is a is a is a sports gay, so no, it's funny that no. we're we're not even like working that. I'm like, yeah, yeah, sports, 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 sports. Yeah, that's that's as much as we can say. Frost is doing some more smashy smash. Everybody's doing all of the things. This is great. Shira is still struggling with her transforming weapon. Turns into a rope, mm-hmm. and she yells at it. Why can't you be what I want you to be? Oh. But as she is yelling it, she uses it and she ropes that bot like a wild hog. Yeah. And it works. Yep. Good for her. She figured it out. And she's like, oh, hey. She adapted work. to the to the weapon, not having the yes. weapon adapting to her. Yes, exactly. So. And then she gets to have a line that she doesn't usually get to have. Uh-huh. And I have this is probably my gayest moment in the whole in the whole thing. Yes. She approaches the bot, climbs atop the dome, and places a boot triumphantly on the head with a glowing eye. She speaks directly through the monitor before smashing in the eye with her fist. Hey, Catra. Gay. That is the gayest moment. Yep, because she doesn't just say, hey, Catra. Yeah. She gets to say it from her power stance. Uh-huh, yep. She's like, I've got my boot on your face. After she's tied up the Metaphorically, bot. Metaphorically, yes. So she tied up the butt, climbs on it, puts her boot on the face and says, hey, yep. Catra. And I'm like, um. Hey. Hey. How you doing? How you doing? Hey, ladies. And so Catra's like, well, fuck this. Yeah. And Scorpia says, that's okay, we still have two left. But Catra sets one of those two to self-destruct. Yeah. And then Entrapta says, in the closest thing we have ever heard from her to a baby voice, Yeah. do you have to? And Catra's like, nope, we gotta do this. Fuck this, we'll find more tech. like, whatever, we'll make more, we'll find more tech. Yep. Yep. Yep, because Catra's like, She's, nah. Yeah, Catra's always going to be able to cut and run. Yeah, Catra's fucking pissed. Yeah. And now back in the woods. <laughs> she was like, Shira Adora is like, hey, hey, look, I got one. And then, of course. She's very pleased with she's herself. She's very pleased with herself until Bo, Bo is like, wait a minute, that thing's going to blow yeah. the fuck up. And Adora's response to that, again, is, ugh, Catra. <laughs> Everything that happens to them is just Catra. I know. I know. That was also Catra, kind Catra, of. Catra, Catra, It's like my gayest through line is that every single thing that happens, Adora's like, ugh, it has to be Catra. It's like, if yeah. it's going to rain, yeah. ugh, it must be Catra. <laughs> it's like, all right, girl, listen. Oh, God. I mean, we but get Bo it. Bo says they can't let the last bot self destruct. Yep. And Adora says, everyone together. And of course, that is, you know, once again, one of the themes the of the episode. Strategy. It's the winning strategy. Yes. 
Yes. Everybody uses their their powers together. Mm-hmm. And of course So we... they can so they can do it super fast. Yep. And luckily Bo knows exactly which part to open and which part is the self-destructive part. Sure. Sure. So, so we have pulls it out. Hooray, hooray, success. So we have Frosta doing the, you know, doing an immobilizing technique. And then we have Perfuma coming in. So what they do is they they immobilize mm-hmm. and stabilize it instead of going a smashy smash. Yep. And I wrote, wow, gay forest magic happens from their gay teamwork. Yay. And then they all begin to glow all the gay rainbow colors, just like the end of the Battle of Bright Moon. Yep. And then hooray, they fix the world. Everything is blooming again. Things are... Well, do we know if the whole forest just regrew in the same way that immediate area did? Well, I mean, once we get to the next episodes, like the next few episodes, we see that, yeah, they've pretty much fixed the problem. So, yeah. Okay. And Frosta says, whoa, did we do that? And Perfume is like, we did it together. All of us working together. All of us together. Chekhov's gay teamwork made the forest whole. Yeah. And Mermista, and, you know, of course, Perfume runs over to Mermista. Mermista's like, uh, personal space. <laughs> they yeah. have a moment where they all hug and everyone's happy. And then, like, one beat goes by. That's how long... Mermista can handle it. And then she says, personal space. Which, you know, we can allow her. We can allow her that everybody is entitled to their personal space. Yes, yes, She gave it a second to have that experience. And then she was like, okay, great. I'm drawing my boundary. Yep. And we're all like, hell yeah, draw your boundaries. Yes, that's right. Use your words. So huzzah, huzzah for our friends. So we cut to our penultimate scene in the horde. Where are we in the horde, Mef? We are in the jail. The brig, whatever the jail is there, who's, the dungeon. Who's, whose dungeon cell is it? Why, we are in Shadow Weaver's dungeon cell. Shadow Weaver? What? Haven't seen this bitch in a while. No, and she is bedraggled on the floor, shackled. Her, yep. her, her hair is... Her hair is a mess. Her mask is smashed. She's on her hands and knees. She's on her hands and knees. For no apparent reason, even though those shackles have plenty of leeway. Yeah, they have plenty of slack. And then- Like, she doesn't need to be on her hands and knees, but she just is because they need to emphasize how pitiful she looks. Yep. And of course, Katra makes this observation of, you look terrible. She says it quite cheerfully. Yeah, she's stoked. Yeah, of it's course like, she is. Yeah, I mean, like, I kind of can't blame her, right? Of course, of course. This is the person who has abused her for her entire life. Yep. Finally getting some comeuppance. And so we have, uh, you know, Shadow Weaver talking about, it's been so long, I assume Tordak Realize what a lazy creature you were and Kat- lazy worthless creature. Ugh, fuck. And Katra is like, nope. Yep. Just the opposite. Yep. Hordak values me. I've been busy helping the Horde get closer than ever to defeating the rebellion. His words. So Katra's coming in she's to show. This. Yeah, that like, hey, yeah. look what I've done. Basically, she still needs Shadow Weaver's approval. She needs Shadow Weaver's approval, but on an emotional level, even though she hates it. Yep, and Shadow Weaver, of course, knows exactly what buttons to push because Catra also has buttons. It's <laughs> like, as do we all. It's a you're doing so well. Why are you here? It's a Dora, mm-hmm. because of course that's how yeah. Shadow Weaver says her name. It's a Dora, isn't it? And that like so. So I let her win one ear twitch. Yeah, uh, Adora Grump. I I don't love her at all. 
Yes. Right. I hate her. I don't want her mouth in my mouth at all. (laughs) I hate her stupid mouth. Her her beautiful, beautiful face. Oh, I just want to hit it with my lips. (laughs) um but you know catra's like whatever our armies are growing we're winning we're ready to roll out i will be head and you will be here rotting yep and then like takes a breath composes herself smiles and said thanks i needed this yep and then she walks on out painful so rough Yep. The pathos, it is the thickness here. The thick of the yep. pathos. It's everywhere. Yep. Oh, yeah. Ugh. Anytime Catra voluntarily walks into a room with Shadow Weaver, there's going to be pathos. Ugh, right? Enough pathos to cut with a knife. Yes. But now, if you go back, back to Bright Moon. Back to Bright Moon. And we're in Glimmer's room. Yep. Where the princesses are doing post-battle aftercare for each other, which is very sweet. I love Including this. first aid and hair brushing. Which, legit. Sure. Sure. Yeah, why not? Sure. I'm sure hair can get really tangled and messed up in the heat of battle. Yeah, exactly. And you don't want that to fester. No. And turn into a, you know, a gross nest of knots. And also, it's Glimmer is sitting... With Frosta and brushing her yes. hair, like it's it's yes. it's also a very sisterly gesture. She's you it know very she, much is. she's like accepted the fact that this kid is essentially gonna be like her little sister. She's approaching this with the tenderness that they both yes. need for their relationship. Yes, yes, she's bringing up some next level bonding that they can have together in that in that vein. Yep, and then Frosta's you know a little bit of exposition. So we're okay now that the woods are growing back. So the woods are growing back. And then Adora says, you know, Light Hope says there's a lot of lots of fix. Yeah. So basically what I wrote for the exposition yeah. is that, you know, we've made some amount of progress, but not a super lot. Yeah. If, uh, <laughs> but at least we'll always have each other. At least we'll always have each other. Gee, it's almost as if this is the first episode of a season that is setting us up. Yes. For the rest and then of the episode. The parting line from Glimmer is no, no princess, princess left, left behind. behind. Which we've heard before. Gee, I wonder how we've heard this. When did we hear this? We heard it before, but there was a princess left behind. It's true. And in fact, when we cut to Bo sitting there talking into his recorder, he's 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 ready to start doing his science thing. So he he does the science thing. He gets himself a recorder. He says, the best scientist I ever knew did this. He doesn't really know why he's taking notes. He has no idea why he's speaking into a recorder. (laughs) And yet he does. And he says, hi, future Bo. And he opens it up. And what does he see? He finds a first one's crystal. Which means... (gasps) Entrapta's alive! Entrapta's alive! And they left her behind. And they left her behind. Fuck... Uh-oh. Yep. So that's good news, but also upsetting news. Boom. End of episode. Oh, goodness. So that's the end. That's the, the end of the end. episode. The end of the episode. Hey, Jenny. Hey, Meth. What did we learn today? We learned a lot. Oh, yeah? What did we learn? First of all, we learned that Entrapped is alive, and they abandoned her in the horde. Right. That's important. That's wicked important. We also learned, I don't know about you, but I learned that leveling up can feel a lot like starting over. Oh, from scratch. That's so true. It is. Jenny. We learned that progress is not a straight line forward. Oh. And that sometimes we have to learn things more than once for them to stick. And that that's okay. It's like you looked inside my soul. Oh, 
Jenny, these are so insightful. It's almost like we can all relate to this incredibly relatable gay cartoon Aww. that is uh, lovingly created. By gays. By by gays, for gays. <laughs> for gays. To be, re- to be relatably gay. Aww. But also human nature. I mean, it is human nature. It is. Thank you, Relatable Gay Cartoon, for giving us yes. all something to relate to. Yes, it is true. Especially, you know, brand new year mm-hmm. for all of us. And yet, so many things are the same. So many things are the same. So, so many things are the same. So, uh, (laughs) in many ways, we're in the midst of a pandemic that's just as badly off now as it was a year ago. You know, we're still fighting the horde. They haven't gone anywhere, but we have leveled up. And you know what? We have each other. We have each other. We have a vaccine. Mm -hmm. We have have, uh, better quality masks. We have uh, gay rainbow power. We do. We have a fuck ton of gay rainbow sparkle power. Gay rainbow sparkle power. Um, We we have a weapons corner now also. We have a weapons corner. So watch out. We have, uh, in order to improve the efficiency of our podcast, we now have code names. Yes. (laughs) We're going to work on the code names. We're going to come up with some good code names. But we will improve our efficiency with code names, don't you worry? We absolutely will. Well, folks, if you liked what you heard and you want to join us in reversing Ethereum climate change, you can like and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcast fix. You can also find us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook at HeyAdoraCast, or you can email us all of your recommendations for how we can reverse Ethereum climate change at HeyAdoraCast at gmail.com. We have a Patreon! Woohoo! Woohoo! Woo-hoo! Become a member of the Rebellion and get fantastic perks like bonus episodes, our very pr- own private Facebook group and Discord server, exclusive playlists, Patreon-only video hangouts, and so, so much more. You can find the link to our Patreon, as well as the link to this week's Spotify playlist, The Frozen Forest, in our show notes, or by going to heyadora.gay. That's right. Dot gay. Dot gay, bitches! Dot gay forever! Dot gay! And remember, queer joy is radical. And queer love saves the universe! Ow! 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 Season two! Season two!